you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Attention to the book of Exodus, the 15th chapter, if you'd like to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. I know you've been standing a while tonight, and this will give opportunity for those who are waiting in the hall to be able to come in and join with us. Exodus chapter number 15, and I'm going to read a little lengthily tonight. Uh, we're going to get into the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus, and we'll see what the Lord wants to speak into our hearing tonight. Exodus chapter 15. And verse number 25. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when we had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight. I will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. And I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam where were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters, chapter 16, verse number 1, and they took their journey from Elam. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after the departing out of the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured, against Moses. They were something else, weren't they? They murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I feel that way every January. <laughs> then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people should go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or no. By the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach about that wilderness of sin. I'm going to use for a subject tonight between Elam and Sinai. Between Elam and Sinai. Lord, we do need your help tonight to speak what you have laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that your word, which was anointed from the beginning of time, would be anointed again tonight, Lord, as I deliver your word, and that it would not fall upon deaf ears, but on hearts that are ready to receive the word of the Lord tonight. I pray right now that your presence and your power become so prevalent in our midst tonight, God, that... Truly, the glory of the Lord meets with us in this house tonight, God, and that we depart this place knowing that we have been in your presence. In Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I, I felt tonight in the worship service as we were worshiping a little bit tonight, I, I kind of felt, I've got a little bit of a ring to it. I'm, I'm kind of trying to discover that. I uh, don't want to be distracted tonight. I kind of have a little bit of an important message to preach. Um, and during the worship service tonight, I, I was thinking, uh, I looked out and sensed, and I know there's not a lot of room for folks to do a whole lot. I remember when we used to have room, we used to have victory marches and uh, walk around the building and it just kind of ran out of room. Uh, now if you want to dance, you kind of have to, you know, it kind of has to be the, the two-step. Not much of a step. It's, it's kind of half step, really. Uh, you kind of have to do that. Or, or you can do the pogo if, you're, if you don't get too, don't let the arms frail too much. You got to have pretty good balance. You're going to have to go straight up and down. There's just not a lot of room. But as we were worshiping tonight, I looked and I saw some look like you were kind of white knuckling the pews in front of you. And I, I'm just going to challenge you tonight before we leave here. Why don't you get over that? Why don't you go ahead and don't, don't leave here wishing that you would have worshipped God the way you really know you wanted to worship God tonight. Why don't you forget about the crowd and the friends and the people that are sitting around you tonight and say, I came tonight to bless the Lord. I came tonight to worship and if I don't do anything else, I'm going to go out of here feeling the comfort in my heart that I did exactly what I ought to do in the house tonight. Now why don't we together put your hands together, magnify the Lord, lift up your voice. You ought to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. It's all right if somebody dances in the spirit or makes a lap or does the pogo or the two-step or shouts unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. It's all in order tonight. It's all in order. It's all in order. Well, let me get to my message tonight between Elam and Sinai. I may preach a while tonight. This is my last shot here. No, I'm going to save a little for next week. On their journey to the promised land, the children of Israel came to Elam. They came to Elam after leaving the bitter waters of Marah, where God provided miraculously and turned the bitter water sweet. You know the story if you've read through that passage in Deuteronomy, but God allowed them to go to Elam. And it was at Elam where there were 12 wells of water. There was enough water for Everybody, the children of Israel enjoyed great refreshing in Elam. It was a place of bountiful blessing. You can only imagine being at a place that you thought you were going to die of thirst and it took a miracle for God to turn things around. Who's ever heard of a tree being cut, and cut down and falling into water and it making water drinkable? But it happened here in our text. But now God has moved them to Elam and in Elam there... When they got there, the scripture points out that there were 12 wells of water. In other words, there was more than enough water for them to drink. The children of Israel enjoyed this great refreshing at Elam. It was a place of wonderful blessing. Also at Elam, the scripture says that there were three score and ten palm trees. Or, or for those of you that need exact numbers, there were 70 palm trees there. Now I'm not here to tell you tonight that that re represents the 70 elders. I, I'm not going to get into all the speculation tonight. But this much I know that Elam was a place of victory and triumph. And it was a place that was connected to what God wanted to do in a season and a time for the people of God that had just come through Morrow where he had to turn bitter water sweet. He takes them to a place with an abundance of water and he gives them 70 palm trees. It was a place of leisure and relaxation and ease. They encamped there in Elam and they enjoyed a little leisure for a season but God told them that they had to leave Elam you know it's like vacation when you get there and it takes me about three days to unwind and after about three days uh, you know I start realizing that oh there's life beyond my cell phone and and you know, this place of relaxation. And then my wife says on about day five, you know, uh, we have to head out tomorrow. And I say, no. But this is where they were when the people of God uh, had been camping in Elam in this, this paradise type 
place. But the Bible said that when they got there to Elam and the Lord is providing them this paradise setting. The Lord is preparing them this paradise setting. And the Lord is, has given them the wells of water. And He has given them... He has given them... Uh, he has given them the wells of water and He has given them the palm trees. And here they are, they are in Elam. But the Bible said that, that the children of Israel murmured against them in the wilderness of sin. The Bible said they murmured against Him. God gives them paradise and they murmur. Now think about this with me tonight. Those who God had delivered from the wilderness, they murmured. Those whom God had saved by blood, they murmured. Those for whom God had provided, they murmured. They even said that they would to God that He would have killed them and that they would have stayed in the wilderness. They would have rather stayed by the flesh pots in Egypt and eat until their bellies were full than to go back and to go back to the land of labor in Egypt than to leave their familiar surroundings and trust God on their way to the promised land. So they murmured. They directed their murmuring toward Moses and Aaron. If I can get a little monitor back. I'm not sure what happened. I just kind of lost it up here tonight. They directed their murmuring toward Moses and Aaron. But Moses said, in actuality, they were not murmuring against man. But rather, they were murmuring against God. They found themselves then in the wilderness of sin. Stay with me for a minute. We'll go somewhere by the help of the Lord. They found themselves in the wilderness of sin between Elam and Sinai. Now Elam is a place of leisure. Sinai, of course, is the place where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments and sends thunder and lightning and smoke fills the whole place and the glory of God covers the whole entire mountain. They're stuck somewhere between paradise and the place where God speaks to them. Now it's called the wilderness of sin, but it's rather interesting. I'll get to it in just a moment, but when they were in Elam, now nobody's lacking water. Where they had come from in Mara, the water's killing people. The water's too bitter to drink, so God shows Moses a tree, and the tree's cast into the water, and it turns bitter water sweet, and miraculously, the bitter water becomes able to drink and saves people's life. And now in Elam, there's not just one source of water, there's 12 sources of water, and, and, and they're at ease. They didn't have to worry about what they were going to drink. There were more wells than what they needed, and there's an abundance of water there and then they also had 70 palm trees the palm trees brought shade from the heat of the noonday sun it brought shelter from the rain God is providing this perfect setting for them I could preach for a while tonight about the tree that God showed Moses and the tree that's cast into the water and turns bitter water sweet of course is a perfect type and shadow of the cross the cross will turn your bitter life into sweetness but, but i got to move on tonight. But now from Mara, the children of Israel are camped in Elam, the place of tranquility and rest and ease. But God would not leave them in Elam. Because Elam, as good as it was, and as blessed as it was, Elam was not the promised land. God chose to move them out of Elam on their journey to the promised land. Yes. 
I want to tell you tonight that not everywhere you go on your journey will be a Mara location. The word Mara literally means bitterness. Not everywhere that God is going to send you on your way to deliverance is going to be bitter. Some of you may have been a time in some bitterness, but the Lord will come on the scene and will turn bitterness into sweetness. I feel like speaking a word tonight into somebody's life and tell you that in the promised land, God will cause the land to sustain you. It won't always take a miracle to sustain you. Can I go a little further tonight? God will not always require me to have to stand in this pulpit and tell this church it's going to take another miracle for us to go forward. He's provided a miracle and next week we're going to walk into that miracle. When we started considering a new building, it was impossible. We saw it as impossible and we knew it was going to take a miracle. But God has provided a miracle. He turned bitterness into sweetness. But I'm going to tell you that there is a place called Elam. And in Elam, there is more than enough water and more than enough shade. Everything we need. But maybe, maybe... Maybe Elam is not actually where we're going, but maybe Elam is where we've been. Maybe we've been caught in a pattern of God providing everything that we need to the point that we are spoiled by the blessings of God. Maybe we've lived in Elam so long that we are caught up in the blessings of God, in the shade, in the tranquility, in the paradise of what CLC has been, in good music and great evangelists that come through and preach. And we get caught up in the blessings of where we are. And somebody says something about leaving Elam. And we're like, no, we don't want to leave Elam because we forget that Elam is not the promised land. But God says you got to leave Elam to get to the promised land. It's good here, but where I'm taking you is better. Because in Elam, I'm having to provide the well and the trees. But in the promised land, the land will give you everything you need. You won't always be in Mara. God will send us by way of Elam where He'll provide everything that we need. God will provide nourishment and God will provide rest. But the time will come when God will also send direction. Look at your neighbor and ask them, do you have a problem with direction? You may have found the wrong neighbor. Look at the other one and ask him, do you have a problem with direction? Because when you're in Elam, direction away from Elam can create some pain. Because when they left Elam, they went into the valley of sin. But the word sin there doesn't mean sin the way we understand it. It literally means the valley or the wilderness of thorns. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in order for God to get us to the promised land, He's got to get us in an uncomfortable setting. Mm, I feel the help of the Lord coming tonight. But when they get in the valley, in the wilderness of sin, in the wilderness of thorns, they began to murmur. Not one, not two, but the Bible said that all, everybody say all. Mm -hmm, I can't imagine being Moses. He was a much better pastor than I am. 
when one murmurs and I hear about it. It bothers me when two murmurs. It bothers me worse when several gets to murmur and I have to go to fasting and praying and asking God if I'm in His will. If all the people were murmuring, I'd be thinking I'm out of the will of God. So here they are now leaving. Can you imagine? Brother Butler, can you imagine? Moses leading them out of paradise into the valley of thorns and expecting the people to think it was a good idea. So now, in the valley of thorns, they murmur. Now I pick back up in my text, the children of Israel found themselves camping in this wilderness between Elam, between Elam and Sinai, in the valley of sin. Now I, I got to tell you that not every blessing from God is intended to make you feel good. Now I'm going to let that settle for a while. Because we're caught up in a God bless me so I feel good mentality and society and age. But not everything God does for you makes you feel good. Sometimes what God is doing for you is pulling you away from what's making you feel good and into some thorns that you don't like. I came to preach to some folks tonight that on your way to the glory you may have to deal with the valley of thorns. You're here asking God for deliverance but maybe God doesn't want you to become too comfortable in the wilderness so He lets you camp in the valley of thorns for a while. God is trying to provoke you to go on. Because we stay so long in, in Elam that when he tries to take us on to the mountain where he's going to speak to us, he gets ready to take us on. And we have to go through a little pressure and a little trial and deal with a few thorns and everything we touch it seems to be sticking us and coming back on us. We all of a sudden start murmuring and saying, God, I want to go back to Elam or maybe even back to Egypt. Be careful with your murmuring because they thought they were murmuring against Moses and Aaron. But their murmuring had a far more reaching effect than the ears of Aaron are hurting the heart of Moses. They thought they were murmuring against man, but God took it personal. Because all that Moses was doing was speaking what God said to him. And he echoed the words of God. And the people thought they were getting upset and murmuring against Moses. But God took it personal. And he took it all the way to the point that he said they weren't speaking to Moses and Aaron. They were speaking to me. They were murmuring against me. Be careful about murmuring in the valley of thorns where everything's poking you and hurting you. If this valley wasn't painful, you might be tempted to stay a while. But God is wanting to move the church on into the promised land. Here's what you've got to understand tonight. They could have lived and died in Elam, but God was urging them to go further. They were in a place that everything they needed was provided for them. They had food. They had water. They didn't have to travel anywhere. They, they were in a perfect setting. They were no longer in bondage, and they're camping in a place that they wanted to stay. I fear, CLC, that some of us may have been in Elam so long that we've taken up an Elam mentality 
guilty and we never were willing to step in that's why maybe the, some of the struggles that we've gone through and some of the thorns that we felt was because God called us into a building project but we got in it and it was painful and it hurt us and some said I would to God that we would have never started it I've had my days of being there. I would to God we'd have never started it. How in the world? And here we are in the valley of thorns. And the Lord said, I'm making it miserable for you to push you to the point that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Next week. When you get there, not everything's going to be perfect. There's going to be a little echo in the sound system. It may be a little worse than tonight. There's going to be some issues. There's going to be a few problems of finding your way around. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord has commanded us to go on toward the mountain. And so we're stepping in. And some are saying, I'm not sure about this. This is bittersweet. No bitterness is back in Mara provisions in Elam and you've gotten spoiled in Elam but God said I put you in the thorn because I want to take you to the mountain where I can talk to you so so because of their murmuring they died in the wilderness And never saw the promised land. Some of them probably said, we're never going to get there. And they were right. But it wasn't God's fault. And it wasn't Moses' fault. It was because they murmured against God in the valley of thorns. What they did not know was that the God of glory, see, we've read it, we know what happens. They didn't know. They had to simply walk by faith. They already, we already know the outcome. They had to take a man's word. We got to go from Elam. They had just come from Marah. We got to leave this place, and the first place they get is thorny. Bad leadership again. Takes us to the wrong place again. But what they did not know in the middle of their murmuring and wanting to go back to Elam and wanting to go back to Egypt was that the glory of God was awaiting them at Sinai. So because of their murmuring, they die in the wilderness. Because the Lord said they are murmuring against me. I'm going to stop you from murmuring. I'll give you bread because you murmured. I'll take care of you. But you're going to have all the blessings that you want. I'm going to put your life back to the point of ease. But you're never going to see the promise. So my challenge for you, CLC. Is are you willing to endure some thorns in your wilderness journey without murmuring because you want to see the promised land? They murmured. I know there were wells and palm trees there. But they had to push through the valley of thorns because they're on their way to Sinai. And Sinai is where the glory of the Lord was going to meet them. Of course they don't understand it. Of course they don't know. So here we are, CLC, looking at, oh, this is difficult. It's bittersweet. It's hard. It's dip- I, I, I'm not sure. It seems to have these certain mixed emotions. I want to set everyone at ease tonight and tell you, should the Lord not tarry? Maybe you were here this morning and heard me say something along this line again but should the Lord tarry and should he not call us on home where we are going will not suffice us into eternity 
as much hard work and dedication it's just a step to where God is taking the church because he's building the church and he's going to build the church until the day he finally says well done but we can't stop because I feel like our transition is from Elam to Sinai and we can't stop short of Sinai and murmur and want to go back to Elam or Egypt. Elam was a place of comfort, but Sinai is a place where God speaks to man. Sinai is the place where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. It was on Sinai where, you know the story, Moses goes to the top of the mountain and it's the mountain fills with smoke and he comes crawling back down the mountain taking two tablets of stone which God had, had carved out with his own finger and he comes down carrying the tablets, the Ten Commandments and he walks down to the people and the Lord showed the people that it was of him because smoke fills the entire mountaintop now I don't have to be a Bible scholar to tell you what the smoke represented it represented the glory of God it was on Sinai where God spoke with lightning and with thunder but they liked what God was already doing so much that they would rather rejoice over water turning to blood and plagues and miraculous delivery and God rolling back the waters of the Red Sea and killing the Egyptians in the aftermath. He, they would rather rejoice over a tree falling in water and turning bitter water sweet and, 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 and all of the good things that were happening. And now in Elam, look at the blessings of God. But now I'm in the thorny, wonderful wilderness of, of, of sin and I'm thinking I don't know if I want want to go any further let me just turn this just a little bit and speak to some of you who have been walking through the valley of thorns in your personal life for a very long time you're in pretty good company at the beginning of this year Evangelist Josh Herring called me in the first few days of January. And he said, Rev, which is his normal greeting for me. Rev, I've been praying for three days. Can't get you off my mind. The Lord spoke a word. I was to call you and tell you this will be the year of extreme sacrifice. <laughs> As opposed to This is not what you want to hear from a man of God at the beginning of the year when you're hoping it's going to be the year of great blessing and increase. I won't share the details of my year with you. But I will tell you enough to let you know that I have been through the valley of thorns. The man of God spoke correctly. I know everyone thinks Pastor and his family has it all together, but I'm going to tell you this has been the year of thorns. My family and I have been not necessarily willingly, but forced to sacrifice deeper this year than any other year that I recall. All of my friends and fellow ministers and everybody around me seem to be blessed with this thriving economy. Things are going wonderful. My family and I have walked through the valley of extreme sacrifice. We felt the deep poking pain as we walked through the valley of thorns. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Some of you, it's your health. Some of you, it's your walk with God. Some of you, it's your relationship. And some of you, it's your finances. But you've walked through the valley of thorns. At times, 
it has been frustrating and even confusing. But in the middle of the thorns, God has continuously or continually provided for the church. This year, a handful of men and most of them here tonight, a handful of men have come together and fulfilled a commitment that they made to build a church. And they kept their commitment and they have worked tirelessly to see to it that a building is finished. This has been the year of extreme sacrifice for these men and for their families. One told me yesterday that he personally counted up the number of hours that he has spent on the building project and that he has worked over 2,500 hours volunteering on the building project. Time away from family. Missed vacations. Skipping dinner two nights a week and every Saturday. Saying no to every activity and hobby that we enjoy so much. Some people paying their own budget because it ran over what they had anticipated and they didn't want it to cost the church, so they wrote the check. These things are a few of the experiences in the valley of thorns. Men have worked sick. They've shown up when nobody else did. And there's been days that they could have murmured. But the only way we're going to where we're going next week is because you kept the vision. Thank you, men. Thank you for keeping the vision. Thank you for not murmuring and complaining. Thank you for working when nobody else would. God has spoken a word to the church. And God says, I want to take you to Sinai. Where his voice will speak clearly. I have a word for the men who have been building this church. I know you want me to tell you next week it is finished. That will not be my sermon title. It will be more like our work is not yet done. Though our job descriptions may change a bit, we have built together and now we're about to climb Sinai together. We're about to hear the word of the Lord together. We're about to go into his glory together. Because on Sinai is where God speaks to men. The Bible simply says it like this. When I was reading the text, I went back and reread it. I was looking and hoping that I would find somewhere that Moses said an incredible word and told them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Take four steps to the left and to the right. Go north. Angels and horsemen are going to go before you and you shall go up to the mountain of Sinai and there the voice of the Lord is going to speak to you. Hearken unto him as angels' wings extend upon your back. But I found no such story. It was just very simple. There were no trumpets to signal the time. Moses simply spoke a word. And the scripture said, And Israel took their journey from Elam. Some of us are waiting for trumpets and sound and lightning and thunder. 
But I dare you tonight in your spirit and in your heart. I'm going to close here in just a few moments. And when I do, I don't wait until next week to make the transition out of this building into the next building. Don't wait till the next to next Sunday to make the transition and decide where you are when it comes to the new location. You need to do it tonight with the voice of the man that God has put as your pastor over this church. I'm calling the church. It's time to go to Wabash Avenue where the voice of the Lord is going to speak to us just like he did to the people of God on the mountain called Sinai. I come tonight to tell this church that it's time we take a step of faith and step out and take the journey. It doesn't take lightning bolts. It doesn't take thunder. It doesn't take anything beyond a simple spoken word. But when God speaks, I want to listen. I'm on my way to Sinai. This tells me regardless of how good they had it in Elam, the promise of God's voice to his people outweighed the comforts of complacency. Is anybody ready to take the journey? When we take this journey... CLC, what is it that we're going to take with us? Some may be concerned. Some may be worried. Some may be thinking, I, I'm not sure is the church going to be the same. What is it? I know I preached this morning about these walls talking and you taking your memory with you. But tonight I come to go a little deeper into that vein. Because more than just taking your memories with you, I want you to know that when we move from here to there, there is nothing going to change about our service or what God is doing because we're going in the name of Jesus and we're taking His name with us. We're on our way, but Jesus is going with us. Not only are we taking His name with us, we are going to take His Word with us. For His Word is what we stand upon. His Word is what we are built upon his word is where we're going to abide by we're going to stand on his word and in case you missed it tonight we're going to take prayer with us as a matter of fact Friday night at 8pm I know we got a lot happening this week we're going to take tomorrow off. You can be seated for a moment. We're going to take tomorrow off. Tuesday, we're going to be moving all the instruments and sound pieces that we need to add into what we have. Tuesday night, I believe, is the schedule already been sent out? Tuesday night, we're going to have a music practice. Wednesday night, we're going to add vocals into that music practice. Thursday night, we're going to finish up all of the work that needs to be done. Friday, we have a fish fry in our community. If you haven't gotten your tickets, see Brother Sister Emery tonight. Get some tickets and bring somebody with you and let's fellowship. At the conclusion, Sister Cheryl will be sending out an email to all the choir members. There's going to be a choir, a choir practice rehearsal at, at, the, at the new campus on Friday night and then about 8 o'clock on Friday night for anybody that's interested I'm not keeping attendance and I'm not taking names at the door but at 8 o'clock on Friday night we're going to gather out at the new campus and we're going to saturate that place in prayer before we show up on Sunday 8 o'clock Friday night we're taking prayer with us I'm not getting up on a cold, dry Sunday morning and try to preach in a building that hadn't been saturated in prayer. We're going to saturate the place in prayer on Friday night at 8 o'clock. I'm not putting an ending time to it. We may pray 15 minutes or half hour or an hour, whatever God has for us. But we're going to take prayer with us. And prayer is going to remain a mainstay. Prayer is going to be the center of what we're doing. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to take the spirit of unity with us. 
I wrestled over this weekend because this man at my right hand has every every potential opportunity that is afforded to any minister. But I wrestled today. I felt like I should give him the opportunity to speak one of the two services and I kept feeling the demand of the Holy Ghost. But he never gives me any lip. Too much lip. He doesn't talk back too much. We walk in unity. We're laborers together. We're workers together. You know what else we're going to take with us to the new location? We're going to take our unity with us. We're taking unity with us. How can two walk together except they agree? I got to hurry tonight. We're going to take our apostolic doctrine with us. We're going to also take our apostolic identity with us. When we move to the new location, there is nothing going to change. We're still going to be the same church, standing separated from the world, standing on Jesus' name baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost being an essential of salvation, separation from the world, being one of the mainstays of the church. And when we move to the new location, We're taking our apostolic demonstration with us. Because we have nothing if we lose apostolic demonstration. I pray to God that on the first weekend, the gifts of the Spirit flow freely. Miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. People receive a miracle. People receive the Holy Ghost. Lives are changed. People are delivered. We're not walking away from being who we are. And when you get there, you can be seated. I'm going to preach a little bit longer. I know they're already collecting the, they start, they start collecting the chairs when the music starts playing. Next week, there will be no chair collection. We're going to take our exuberant worship with us. Not holding anything. We lose our excuse of not having room. I would come to the front, Pastor, but there's no room. Next week, there's going to be room for everybody. I'd worship if I have a little more room. You're going to get the challenge next week. You're going to have room to worship. But we're taking our worship with us. Because I'm going to tell you how walls come down. They come down through prayer and worship. Brother Gentry touched on it just a little bit ago. The only thing that man cannot touch is the keys of the key is the key of David. Everything associated with the key of David is connected to our apostolic worship. I come to tell you that nobody is going to hinder me when I walk into that place next week. He's the same God next week as he is today, as he was last month, last year, or when this church was founded in 1965. We're going to walk into that building with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We're going to worship. We're going to clap. We're going to sing. We're going to give him everything he's worthy of. God, God will go with us, but not only will he go with us. God is going before Sister Brooks here tonight Sister Brooks here tonight She's not here tonight I wish she was here Because I just want her to confirm my story Three years ago when we started this building project She came and said Brother Jordan The Lord gave me a dream She shared it with me And she said I saw 10,000 white horses With with a mighty army of soldiers 
And she said they weren't running before. She said they weren't running beside you or behind you, but they were going before you. And the Lord told me to tell you that he will go before you and prepare the way. Do not fear. Go forward by faith. You follow where God is leading. I come tonight to remind you that everywhere we have been, God was there before we were there. He's going before us. See, we think God is limited by time and space and location. We're going to go saturate that place in prayer on Friday night. And when we do, God's going to already be in the house. And when we begin to pray, the rafters are going to start shaking. And the people of God are going to say, wow, God showed up. But the truth is, God's already there. And when we get there Sunday, God's going to already be there. Because He's ahead of us. He's ahead of you. He's ahead of wherever you are. God is already there. And He will meet us because He's going before us. Stand with me, I'm closing. God doesn't speak to Israel in Elam. Watch this now. Wells of water, palm trees, paradise. No voice. They get stuck between Elam and Sinai. In the thorny wilderness of sin. But when they finally pushed on through the pain of where they were. And said yes to the will of God. And yes to what God was wanting to do in their life. When they made it to Sinai. The voice of God didn't just speak to them. But the Bible said the voice of God thundered. And there was lightning. And there was smoke or there was glory. That filled the entire place. I want you to understand tonight. That if you've been living in a place where God has not been speaking to you. I want to tell you you don't have to stay there. And you don't have to wait till next week. Because you can come out. You've been hung between Elam and Sinai for a while. This building program's been having you a little off balance. But tonight, come on with us. Because this church is about to go to the mountain. And we're not waiting to next week to get to Sinai. But tonight, we're going to hear the voice of God. I asked the choir to come get in position tonight. We're going to worship our way into the presence of God tonight. If you've been living in a point that you you know that God has not been speaking to you. It may be because you've been living in a, you've been living in Elam too long. You've been enjoying the pleasures too long. You've been enjoying everything that is around you too long. But tonight God is saying I'm moving you out of that place of ease into a place of my voice because Sinai is where God is wanting to speak to you. If somebody in the room tonight knows I need to hear the voice of God, you ought to not wait. You ought to step out from where you are you ought to run to the front of this room tonight and you ought to begin to declare God I'm coming to hear your voice I want you to speak to me I've been hung out here between Elam and Sinai long enough but I'm getting to where you can speak to me I'm surrendering to your will I'm surrendering to your way God I gotta hear your voice anybody want the glory of God tonight anybody want to hear the voice of God tonight Come on, somebody, why don't you start praising God with everything you have within you? Pastor, why am I praising? I'm still in the thorny wilderness. I tell you why. Because your praise is going to confuse your enemy. When you start praising in the valley of thorns, when you get to Sinai, His voice is going to meet you there. Come on, praise Him like He's already spoken. Praise Him like He's already done it.
want everybody in the room right now, take a few minutes and just magnify the name of Jesus. I got a feeling that his glory is going to enter this room tonight. I got a feeling his glory is going to meet with us tonight. And when we make the journey, his glory is going with us into the promised land. Come on, somebody, put your hands together. Give God some praise tonight. in your life. You've been asking God to do something specific in your life. Let me see your hands. i got to know how many people are with me tonight. How many of you are asking God for something specific? Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to take a few moments and we're not going to, you've already asked God, right? If you haven't, I want you to ask him. And then when you ask him, I want you to put a praise on it. What I mean by that is I want you to begin to thank him and honor him and praise him like he has already done what you ask him to do. Yeah, Pastor, well, I came tonight to remind you you don't have to wait for God to do it. He can do it right now. He can do it right here. What is it you're asking him for tonight? All right, here's what we're going to do. If you have a need, you got that need in your mind? got that need in your mind, here's what we're going to do. We're going to release faith in the house. And then we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And when we speak the word of faith tonight, we're going to then put a praise on it and God is going to do the work. When you respond by faith, God is going to do the work. 
Link up with somebody next to you right now. We're going to pray for an increase of faith. We're going to pray for an increase of faith in the house right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray against every distraction. I command the enemy of distraction to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak to every obstacle that stands in the way of the glory of God. I speak to it right now in the name of Jesus. Go. I come against every spirit that is unlike God. I declare in the name of Jesus it must go. I release faith in the house right now. Lord, let faith arise in the house. Let every person with a mustard seed size of faith put it into action right now by claiming and declaring the word of God right now. Thus saith the word of God. Whatever you ask in my name, that I'm going to do. Whatever you ask in faith believing, that he is going to do. Come on believing for it tonight. Come on believing for it tonight. Gentry's fixing to step up and pray the prayer of faith. When he prays the prayer of faith, when he concludes it, he will give you direction. I want you to shout with a victorious shout of triumph. And the glory of God is going to meet us in the house. If you need a miracle in this place right now, just lift up both your hands high to heaven.